Hello there. Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast that keeps you up to date with all of the Star Wars news so that you can stay busy doing the things that you love, such as endlessly scrolling on your social media or wishing you were younger so you had more time to do fun stuff. That's what we do. That's how we help. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Just want to play the music, guys. <laughs> play the end. Yeah. Nice. Well, welcome back. We're back together. Again, guys covered me last week, I'm Mark Asquith, the, uh, the, I don't know, maybe the slightly taller of the two hosts, if stood on a gradient, mildly above Gaz. That's how I'm going to describe myself today. And the slightly smaller in that specific instance co-host is joining me, as always, Mr. Gary Ayler. Uh, welcome. Uh, don't get, I don't even get offended by that. I did say it's because the gradient, of course, and I was just mm. higher up the gradient. Like, imagine a hill. Yeah, a, a yeah. small, yeah, a little, a little hillux, a curb. You don't hear that? Oh, curb, perfect. Yeah, oh, curbs. Did you used to play Kirby when you were a kid. Remember that I game? I used to love it, dude. Kirby was badass. It was hard though. You'd get like one or two on the bounce, like perfect. Yeah, It'd come straight back at you, and you'd be like, "I'm so fucking good at this." But then yeah. the next one, it just like over the fence. You're like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and then you got a Kirby, but it was almost like getting a like an in off the poster where. You'd, you'd hit the curb with it, but it'd just roll back across the floor. And you're like, I know that's a point, but it's sort of a crap one. Yeah, it's like a a, a default point because it's come back to you. Yeah, like when but you hit a bad the, golf shot, but it ends up all right. And you're like, well, I'll take it, but that was shocking. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that one. Didn't sound as crisp as when I properly nail it, but I'll take it. That's all right. Yeah, that's no, right. I'm glad you split. I thought that was like a southern, uh, sorry, a northern thing. Um, oh, you know, no. We didn't have much in the north in the 80s and the 90s. It was like, mm. right, there's your lentils, there's your dandelion and burdock, go and chuck stuff at curbs. That's your day. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too dissimilar down in the south, dude. I think you just swap out the dandelion and burdock for something like, I don't know, some very cheap squash from yeah. some... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Full of sugar, full of sugar, you know, E-numbers and, and all that crap. But Kirby's, yeah. man, yeah, used to love it. Me and my sister used <sighs> to play it for hours. Miss those days, miss those days, badass. Hey, well, look, welcome back to you, the listener. We're just waxing lyrical about the 90s and the uh, late late 80s, early 90s, um, late 90s, a lot of time. So just waxing lyrical, but welcome back. <laughs> this is a Star Wars podcast, believe it or not. And Gaz covered last week, flew solo, and that was the week before, actually. And we're going we're gonna to talk about a few things, I think, that came up. Um, across both of the previous episodes, which will be fascinating. Um, but... Look, if you want to get involved, you know, Star Wars, as we're probably going to find out later, is all about the fandom. Some of the naughty ones, but some like you, the good ones. If you are a good one and you like us, you like a bit of Star Wars bents, and you want to get involved and maybe let us know what you think about some of the stories that we're going to talk about today and generally how you're feeling about the, the state of Star Wars as we speak. You can do that at sparkerrebellion.com slash Twitter. And if you want to get involved over on Patreon as well. If you just like the show and you think, you know what, I don't mind supporting these cats, you can do at sparkerrebellion.com slash Patreon. Now, we will do what we always do. What have you been up to this week, guys, in the world of Star Wars? Anything or nothing, mate? Uh, well, I failed at ordering some comics. Loser. So that's always fun. And 
uh, I've ploughed through Jedi Fallen Order some more, and I've, I've reached this point where I'm trying to find this hidden room, and I can't find it. Just so I can, ch- it's not even official check. Like it adds to the percentage of a completion or anything like that. But there's an Easter egg in there somewhere. There's this hidden room, and Yoda's in there, and there's some other bits and pieces. I've seen it online, and I've tried to do it. I spent like 45 minutes trying to do it, and I can't. So, yeah, ploughed a bit more through that. I've, I've I've really been disciplined with it this time. I'm like, right, I'm going to get through the story. I'm going to do it properly. Then I got derailed by this bloody secret room thing. So trying to do that. So that's always fun. And I'm trying to hunt down the um, trying to hunt down the Obi Wan Kenobi comics. They did. I'm pretty sure it's just a six issue run that came. That I think it landed last week or the week before. For some reason, dude, I can't freaking find uh, issue number two either to order or pre-order or whatever. I can get one, three, four, five, and six or whatever. But I can't freaking find that issue two for some reason. Forbidden Planet's website is BS anyway. It's run it some bloody, I don't know, Ruby on Rails, 1999 <laughs> thing. So I can't find it on there. Went to a few other places, couldn't even find any of them. I don't know. It's like this phantom release that, I don't know. So trying to do that, dude. Not much else, mate. Yeah, what about you? That's a bit weird, isn't it? That is a bit yeah. weird. Yeah, get uh, send a message over to our mate Charles Saul. You know, get him tweeted. He might know. Charlie, in the right. Charlie, how is it then? She left. She has left him. Forgot about that. <laughs> his uh, his his issue uh, lands, isn't it? Soon. Uh, covered it yeah. last week. His uh, number twenty five is one hundredth issue that we spoke about a few months ago. Uh, with some cool stories coming up for that, so definitely picking that one up. But yeah, I might have to do. I might have to two foot it, dude. Might have to actually walk to a comic book shop and find him. Yeah. Yeah, no. Right. That'd be quite nice. So I like doing that, especially when you see all the weeklies. It's like an old news agent, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, they're all there. And you're like, ooh, I don't get to do this much. That's not a bad shout. Um, what have I been doing? I was away last week and I finished Brotherhood while I was, well, start, I was away, um, which I know we're going to do something on because I know you're, you're sort of through it. But I, very quickly, without spoilers, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really, really good. Really, really excellent. And you can tell it's... Um, there's a lot of inspiration from the Matthew Stover Revenge of the Sith novelization, sort of the legend of Obi-Wan and Anakin, which you didn't really get that from, I suppose maybe a little bit from the Clone Wars TV show, but you never really got that from uh, from the movies. So I really, really liked that. I thought it filled some serious gaps, which was nice. Um, and then I started, um, what's it called? Uh, Secrets of the Shadow of the Sith. You know, the new book? Oh, Shadow, yeah. Yep. Lando and Luke and all that. What, like... Which is sort of weird because that fills a lot in from the sequel trilogy, but I'm don't know. I feel like like I've got to be objective about it because I'm enjoying it. But at the same time, I'm like, it's it's almost unreasonable of me because I'm pissed off with this book. I'm like, oh, you're trying to make a shit film good, like <laughs> by introducing like Okia Bestoon. I know he's in the comics and stuff, but and and sort of you know here's what the dagger did and all like the Exegol was a thing that was around for years. And I don't know why, but when they do this with the prequels. I love it. And when they do it with the sequels, I'm like, oh, this fucking should have planned your films better, you twats. So it's sort, <laughs> sort of weird, isn't it? It's, it's, I'm trying to be objective about it because mm-hmm. I don't want the nostalgia from the prequels to take over, but I'll stand by what I said before. The overarching plot of the prequels was always there, you know, when they were written and when they were put out. And that just, I don't know. I feel like, because it feels like the sequels didn't have that, that's why I'm so jaded on it. So now when they do try and do the same as they're doing with the prequel era, I'm like, nah, I'm not interested. Yeah, you know, it's make, weird, man. Yeah, it is weird. It's a bit like somebody punching you in the face. 
and then just being all right with you after that. <laughs> because after that, for however long that lasts, you're like, all right, cool. We're, we're sort of okay now. There's a bit of bants. We're all good. But you still punch me in the face. I can't really forget that. But we're kind yeah. of cool for now. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? It's like there's a bit of hurt there from the initial viewing and the yeah. letdown. But then you're like, okay, I need to get through it a little bit. But I can see what's going to happen to you. You'll get to the end of it. You'll be like, yeah, I'll be right. Yeah, I'll be right, yeah. It will be. Because Do you know, because there's, there's a lot of good, interesting stuff in it. There is. Mm. Um, it's just a shame, isn't it? It's wrapped up in a... Yeah, it, it will always be uh, associated with failure, those yeah. films. So you can't get away from that until it matures a little bit like the prequels, I suppose. Well, this is the thing that we always say, isn't it? Like, will that be the will that be the the case in twenty years' time? The generation of kids that whose whose first exposure or main, I suppose, influential exposure was the prequels. You know, are they going to feel like that about the sequels? But until then, I got to go out there and put a smile on. <laughs> uh, so, and that's them saying it. Unbelievable. <laughs> but that does lead us on to our first news story because we. <laughs> By being like this, we are at risk of uh, incurring the wrath of uh, of Simon Pegg, which I'll no one that. wants. Mm. Imagine that. Be a bit funny, wouldn't it? One sec, Samsung's at the door. Got to nip down. <laughs> Bloody hell. All right, Simon Pegg, what are you doing here? Not because he's off TV, because I'm pleased to see him. <laughs> and he'll be... Clipping me around the face if I carry on dissing the sequel trilogy. At least doing it, doing, you know, doing my dissing in a disrespectful way because he's come out this week, old Simon Pegg. Um, I don't want to say this word, but according to AV Club, um, this has also been reported on in other places like Jedi News and all that sort of stuff, which is, uh, which is, uh, it's a better headline. But I am gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the one from AV Club, right? Because apparently Simon Pegg has awarded and I'm saying that in big air quotes, awarded, you know, there was no process, the <laughs> Star Wars fandom, the accolade of being the most toxic. Now, it's interesting because we spoke about this. Um, I spoke about it on my solo episode, and we've talked about it at length a few times. So basically, he's been on a podcast, um, or he's been on a show, uh, Jim and Sam show on Sirius XM, and he was asked, uh, presumably by Jim and Sam, which franchise, in his experience, was uh, made up of the fans that are hardest to please and he basically said look as someone that was a bit of a bit of a shit when the prequels came out sounds like the Star Wars fans are the, the hardest to please and we know he's, he's played Uncar Plutt you know he was he was sort of behind the mask um, in, in the Star Wars franchise so probably didn't incur any of the wrath but he has been involved and obviously he's been involved in Star Trek and you know he's, he's built his own I wouldn't say franchise but certainly his own sort of metaverse with, with um, the, the stuff he does with Nick Frost so he's like he's around geek to me, he's around fandom, he's that guy. But yeah, he says Star Wars fans are the most toxic. And uh, I agree. I agree with him. <laughs> I were, you know, a lot of the time, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of arseholes out there. But <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing, man. You know, he's saying that Star Trek has always felt a little bit more inclusive. Um, always quite diverse and so on. And it's, it's, it, I think it's sort of playing to this, a lot, certainly a lot of the accusations when you read between the lines of this this commentary from Simon Pegg is, is sort of targeting the people that are saying that, that Star Wars has just reacted um, to things like Me Too and, and, and so on and so forth. Basically, inclusion and diversity, according to some people in Star Wars, is a bad thing, you know, which is, as we know, is stupidity. So it's, um, 
Yeah, interesting, man. What do you make of this? Because we, we, I think we both picked this up separately for this episode and, and spotted it. So what say you on this, my man? Yeah, this is an interesting one in terms of timing as well for me, because old uh, Mr. Pegg, <clears throat> excuse me, is, um, uh, and fair play to him, I guess, in, in this little interview, he does, he does mention the fact that when the prequels first came out, he gave them a bit of a tough ride. So, for, you know, some celebs are a bit like, oh, yeah, that was, that's rubbish. And then a tweet comes out that they, you know, like five years prior. It's like, oh, you didn't say that then, did you? So fair play. He's referenced his unhappiness about that. But then Lucasfilm didn't do them, didn't do fandom any favours with this. Because I remember when Simon Pegg, when he first spoke about his his dislike of the prequels, it was mainly around uh, the midichlorians, I believe, with him. And it was a televised interview. I remember him saying, you know, I want to believe in the force and all that stuff. I don't want to believe that this mystical thing is like some sort of blood disease and blah, blah, blah. He just went, absolutely hammered him for it. And then I think about a year or two years later, Lucasfilm sent him a limited edition uh, DVD or Blu-ray box set of the Star Wars prequels. Um, all, like with all of the, um, you know, like the original Lucas cut, the original trilogy, as well as the prequels and stuff. And all that stuff cut out that he didn't like. And it's like really nice limited edition thing. And it's like, come on, man. You can't, you can't hear have him saying, yeah, this is all trash. And then we'll send you out like a limited edition cut so you don't have to watch the bits. You don't, oh, Jesus. So anyway, in terms of the toxicity, I mean, dude, it's every franchise is the bloody same, right? Because uh, I've dealt with for years with Doctor Who fans and they are bastards at the best of times. Um, and also like, you know, Star Trek, you mentioned Star Trek as well. I've seen some fights go on, dude with some Trekkies, man. I've seen it go down. <laughs> I've seen it go down big time with Trekkies, so we can't really oh, use that boy, one. I like. travelled. I travelled. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounded like, wasn't it? I travel, boy. But yeah, it's um, it's crazy. I mean, it's you. Um, when I listened to your solo show when you spoke about this, it, throughout literally the whole episode, I'm just sat there nodding, like, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, and that. Yep. So you can you can see where he's coming from and that it's good that he recognises it. The problem is nobody is doing anything about it. And the mm. problem with that is, as an extension, you can't do anything about it. It's just, a, you know, you just got to let people have their little... I think we all just need to develop a bit more of a tougher skin where it concerns online toxicity. If you're in a pub somewhere, if you're at Comic-Con or whatever, someone's getting a bit tasty, then yeah. Mm. That's that's your time to put your best foot forward. But behind a keyboard, fuck them, you know, whatever. That's it, innit? I think it's just understanding that, you, you know, you, you you can't really speak to someone that's stupid because they don't know they're stupid. You know, it's 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 a really hard thing because, <laughs> you know, it, it, and it's like I said in when I did that solo episode, it, it's it's... It's all right to attack the thing, but not the person. And that's when it becomes even more toxic. And it's, it's it is weird because, um, I, I think because of the way that the world is at the minute, like you almost can't have an opinion that differs from the masses, especially like a lot of the people that are really toxic because it's just oh you're being woke or you're a snowflake, and you're like, do you sort of know what that means? Because just I can, like we people can disagree, and that doesn't mean they're being woke or snow. Like I saw it on the, here's one right on the Daily Mail front page the other day. Snowflake Britain closes down in quote-unquote extreme heat. And it was like Prince Charles didn't even take his jacket off and all that stuff. And it was sort of like they were calling the entire country like 
I mean, the people of the country. I mean, the country, like <laughs> the geology and the physics, like snowflakes, like, oh, you pussies, you know, you fucking man up in our day. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, actually. It's a good job that the science around steel bending and melting didn't actually happen. It's a good job that that's not scientific <laughs> and it really is all political. And I was mm -hmm. like, I, that sort of got me thinking about this when I read this earlier. And I thought when we're reporting to that extreme on the front page of national press, you know, all you have to say is, oh, I think it's brilliant that there's, that there's more diversity and inclusion in Star Wars. The default response is always, if they've got no, if there's no actual opinion, if there's no reasoning, if there's no logical discussion or debate, the worst case that the fans and uh, who are trolling and that are toxic have is just, well, you're just fucking woke, aren't you? So get out your work, Snowflake. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm, the people terrible. have been reasonable, like they've got, no, there is no default because they're trying to have a, an actual conversation. And it's, oh man, it's so challenging because there isn't, like you said, to, to bring it back to that, there is no solution because, you know, if someone's a fool, they're not going to go, no, I'm not a fool. You know, it's the people that, I've got a bit more intelligence that know they're being dickheads. Like if I'm being a dick, I know I'm being a dick. Like I'll go down and tell someone like, I've been a dick. I'm sorry. And, you know, and, 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 and because you've got that emotional intelligence and like, I feel like that toxicity stems from a lot of a lack of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't argue with stupid. Like you were saying, it's, um, and sometimes it's not even you, you actively internally know that it's just that sometimes I think people just get so caught up in, uh, that like as fandom sweeps through with different storylines and subjects and so on, it's easy to get caught up in the in the wave of what's happening. So you get excited and you start typing stuff. And then before you know it, it's like midnight and you've had a row with <laughs> like, you know, half a dozen people. And it's like, shit, where did that come from? But you can't, um, yeah, you can't, you can't just put it away. There's a really good image that's, that frequently does the rounds on the socials. I retweeted it. Um, the other week it's just a dude with a massive sign and it just says on there we can we can still disagree uh, we can disagree and still be friends that's all it says and it's like every time it gets tweeted it's like yes we all need more of this and it's so true just because you've got a different opinion to another star wars fan that doesn't mean that the other person is you know is wrong or they're a twat it just means that you don't share the same opinions that's all cool but for some reason we just cannot get past that bit it's like yep you're wrong you're a snowflake like you were saying so yeah it's interesting that it's come out from from old peggy at this point why did they question him on that anyway do you reckon because he i don't think he's been involved with star wars for for donkey's years right has he done any voice work on any animated stuff i don't think Not so that i know of it was just yeah. it was just done carplot wasn't it as a as a bit of a oh look at me secret cameo sort of thing you know nothing wrong with that it's great we'd all do it but it's i don't know mm. man it's it's weird um Rocking yeah, the yellow I think lenses that, as well. Nice. Not that again. I think he, um, I think, <laughs> I, I do think it's fascinating because you can't, you're absolutely right in that you, you, you can't, um, I suppose you can't ever stop people thinking like they think. It's like, you know, there are troll, Star Wars trolls and what I would genuinely call toxic fans that have got massive YouTube channels. And, you know, we've talked about that in that, <laughs> because, oh, yeah. you know, Someone, someone doesn't do the thing that you agree with on the thing that you have grown up with. So, like, they're personally losers despite their career, despite everything else that they've done, you know, it, it, just because you grew up with this and expected to me. It's almost like, um, 
Have you, have you seen Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness? No, no. Well, not, we'll not talk about that one then, so take that back. But it's, um, <laughs> it's a bit like Obi-Wan Kenobi. <clears throat> you know, we thought we were going to get X, Y, and Z, and we didn't. Or it was a bit like Last Jedi when we, oh, God, it's got to be, Qui-Gon Jinn has to be Rey's granddad. And then they weren't until, oh, fucking Lucasfilm suck. You know? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot yeah. wrong with The Last Jedi from a different perspectives, but other people love it, and it's... Just because the thing that you had in your head doesn't come true doesn't mean that everything's wrong. Now, the sequels, obviously, they weren't very well strategized, but it's like you said, there's a difference, isn't there, between just disagreeing. Yeah. And, and we can all disagree and say, ah, the sequels weren't great, actually, but, you know, onwards and upwards. Um, mm. But some people then, I think they get, it's almost like they feel like they own Star Wars. You know, it's theirs, it's not, it's everyone's, isn't it? Like I said in that, that other session. Absolutely, mate, yeah. Star Wars is everyone's. And I think also, uh, before we move on, I think um, some of these people as well, I, I honestly feel like they've not, they've not, they're not around the right people or they've not had anyone in their, in their life away from Star Wars to, to actually challenge them in a, in a constructive way. Um, so that when they do happen to get into a, a dispute or a difference of opinion with somebody, it, it, I don't know, something just takes over. Like I've had a few times in my life where I, I, I've said something, even at work, like between us in, a, in our team where I've, I've said something and I'm like, ah, that's bullshit. And internally, I know that it's not. I know that I'm wrong and what someone is saying to me is right, but I don't want to look like a dick by saying, oh yeah, you're absolutely 100% right and I'm the dick. But for some, sometimes it takes other people around you to humble you up and make you be like that. So for some of these people, I just... I've don't feel like they've got they've ever had that in their life they've just always been like i'm wrong you're right star wars is mine blah 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 so yeah i get that man let's band together let's help these people let's help them let's help <laughs> let's help the toxic fans i agree man you've got i think that's just the emotional intelligence that we talked about is is that you uh, that's the difference i think between us and, a, and maybe some of the toxic team is that you, you can just say ah oh, do you know what actually yeah that was silly what was I thinking? Like, you know, thanks for helping me with that one or, or being patient or whatever. And I think we all do that. I agree. And it's, um, but again, then it, it drops back to that, you know, their response is just, well, why should I act like that? You're just being woke or you're a snowflake. You can't mm -hmm. take it. And you're like, look, you are clear. And this is completely stereotyping, but I'm almost sure it'll be reasonably accurate. The, you know, they're probably, there are probably different, two or three different segments of types of people that are like that. And I'm, could we could probably just name them and you could probably characterize them and one of them will absolutely be the pissed off old 55 year old white guy that goes to the red line in Benidorm after a six hour flight because that's where they serve a full English you know and it weren't like that in my day <laughs> do you know what I mean it weren't like that in my day men didn't, yeah, yeah. Men didn't cry mm -hmm. really men didn't cry and so and it's that is stereotyping but it's true like legitimately that you know the 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 experience that we've all had with certain types of people map to certain types of online behavior. It's we've seen it this week, you know, with, with, um, someone, I know someone I know, he, um, runs a, a sweet shop and, uh, it was like what, 40 degrees this week. You literally couldn't go out. It was silly to go out. He went and opened his sweet shop. It was empty. And he put it on Facebook. He was like, thanks to the scaremongering media for ruining my profits. I was like, it's fucking science, mate. It's not a scaremongering media, is it? Like, like if your grandma goes out, right? What, what are you going to... Hey, it's me, yeah. You're gonna, I've just opened my sweet shop. Are you coming down for your cop cops? Well, I don't know. It's 40 degrees. Yeah, but you come every week, don't you? A quarter of cop cops. Go on then, I will do. 
Steps outside, dehydrated, dead. You know, right? Shit. She's not coming for a cop. <laughs> Cops, is she? But at least she's not woke. And that that's sort of the mentality <laughs> that they're they're not they're not at least she's not a snowflake. She braved the heat. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like these extremes exist, and I think back to that toxic fandom. It, they just exist. It's never a, there's never that coexistence in the middle where everyone's just like. You know, I, like you said, I don't like this. I don't like that. That's cool. It's just everyone's at the extremes, aren't they? Everyone's at the extremes. Yeah. We've seen it so many times with people calling for, for Kath to, to resign. To, what, the, what the fuck is that going to do? How, how is that going to help your issue right now with a film that came out three years ago? That's not going to help anything, is it? It's just extremes. And, and the other extreme is, um, uh, yeah, what's your problem? It's Star Wars. It's brilliant. It's amazing. Piss off. <laughs> Everything's great. It's like, no, we don't need that either. Yeah. We just need a bit of, um, like you said, a bit of middle ground, I think. Yeah. And I think Star Wars and Disney could do something about that, you know, as well. I think they could literally come out and say, do you know what? Actually, like, if they come out and say, look, we did sort of, the sequels weren't quite where we wanted them to be. Their bank account's not getting hacked. They've still got the billion quid, right? That, that money's still in there from the ticket sales. So they could they could win a lot of people over by just going, do you know what? We've sort of heard you. We've listened. Um, but then, again, this is a frustrating thing. We'll, we'll stop on this in a minute because it could go on forever. But this is the other interesting thing is that you absolutely know that if they did that, the people that were, the, the, the toxic crowd who were, who were hammering it would just go, that's bullshit. They don't mean that. <laughs> so, so you can never win. You can, you can never no. Win and it, actually that leads us on to our uh, <clears throat> on to our next story because and we could talk about that forever. Um, much like Star Wars stories, that mirrors life at the minute. I think that's a fascinating fascinating thing. Um, but that does lead me on. So Andor, remember old Andor? Um, remember it well, Cassian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's uh, he's coming out soon, isn't he? August and. We've had a TV spot, which we'll not go into too much detail on, but it looks badass. We'll stick a link in the in the show notes, but it looks pretty cool, man. It looks pretty pretty hyped up. Um, and then there's a couple of interviews flying about with Diego Luna and Genevieve O'Reilly, who's playing Mon Mothma. Uh, Mon Mothma, she was, of course, in Rogue One and in the cut scenes from Revenge of the Sith, um, which are some of the most interesting scenes, actually, in my view. Um, <clears throat> we've seen a few things leaked about it saying that there's going to be time jumps and it's going to span a different period of time over the first two seasons and it's, it's a two-season story. Um, Mon Mothma, according to Genevieve O'Reilly, is, is getting her due. You know, we're going to see the, the person there as opposed to just the figurehead. Um, we're going to see this uprising, this revolution. And we're, it feels like it's a bit of a prequel to like Rebels in that it's all these different kind of units of people and all these different people with their own particular uprisings. And then I imagine Bail Organa is going to show up and try and whip everyone into shit along with Mon Mothma. So all that stuff has been rounded out a little bit by Genevieve O'Reilly and Diego Luna. And uh, it's quite interesting because the TV spot, we'll get to in a second, but to connect it to the last story, if you like read the story, and we'll stick it in, uh, in the show notes, right? I had a look just as this story came out. And it was, oh, this looks good. The TV spot looks good. The cinematography looks good. It looks Star Wars. It looks different. It looks espionage. And first three comments, not watching this shit if it's all like Kenobi. <laughs> Literally, man. 
And you and like there's a few people <laughs> sort of kicking back. Um <clears throat> and it's just but honestly, honestly. Look, in fact, here we go. Cowboy Samurai 132, July 16th, unnecessary and pointless show, just like Kenobi. And you're like, fuck you. Remember back in the day when you were crying because there was nothing coming out? And we were so pleased, like you said, you know, certainly from your perspective more because you were much more into it. Like you got heir to the Empire and all that sort of stuff. Like, oh, just give me the water. Just give me this sustenance on Star Wars. Now we've got this embarrassment of riches. Cowboy, what's his name? 163 is like, <clears throat> nope. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nuts, mate. The other, the other comment on here is funny as well. So it's called Andor, but not really about Andor. Got to love these misleading titles. No, no it is about Andor. It just happens to have other characters in it as well. <laughs> it's called a TV show with an ensemble. But the character is still, you know, like the Terminator. That's not the only person in the film, is it? It's got all these other people in it, but it's still about the Terminator. It's all good, dude. Pad 88, chill, man. It's Andor's, you know, it's all good. So, yeah. Oh, man. You're absolutely right, man. You can go through these comments and uh, there's just loads in there, but I think it looks pretty sweet. I, I it, know looks you think it looks right. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, what, the TV, the, the cinematography looks good. Oh, it looks really, really... The, the first trailer that we got a few weeks ago, it had a really nice... Um, sort of crossover look and feel between mm. sort of Rogue One and some of the newer Disney Plus stuff that we've seen. And I can't remember if this is the, um, somebody from one of the TV shows or one of the producers said that one of them isn't going to leverage the big volume stage as much as the other ones. And I can't remember if Andor is the one, but regardless, the um, in terms of how cinematic it looks, it looks really nice, really, really good. It does, man. And, um, it looks grimy, doesn't it? It's got that sort of, you know, yeah. the battle scenes from like uh, Solo when it was in the trenches on the front lines and it's got that that Rogue One feel to it. I also like how it's got a lot of the troop carriers from the Old Republic, you know, from Attack of the Clones. Like it's they've sort of not transitioned to the big Empire fleet quite yet in every in every class of ship. I thought things like that were quite interesting. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it, man. I, I think it is, I think it's going to be interesting to see, but you are just going to get, always get this crap. Doesn't matter how, how good it looks. Here's a good one for you as well. Um, the Rebellion, from Tapey's dad, Tapey will be chuffed with this one. Uh, the Rebellion will always amount to nothing because the First Order blew up a solar system. Endless war. Stop background character. Basically saying we know how it ends. Betty went to see Titanic, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His favourite film, Tapey's dad. Oh, Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. Sort of know how that ends, though, don't we? It's about Wind the up. journey, Tapey's dad. It's about the journey, yeah. It's Gosh. about context. It's about giving this wonderful big story. So a little bit more context. So that yeah, you can, may, if you sort you know, of live your life like that, he may as well literally just sit in the house until he dies. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know how it ends. <laughs> I might as well just sit here and chill it out. Bored now. Well, I might pop Star Wars and actually nothing else going on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, I don't Jesus. get it. But yeah, yeah, it does look good, this, doesn't it? It does look good. What? Because um, this is coming out pretty soon over the next few weeks. What's the, if you look back now, so we look at Boba Fett, if we look at Kenobi, if we look at, what else have we had? Uh, Mando, obviously. We said this felt like the weakest to us when we were looking at it and we were, well, not when we were looking at it, but when it was announced, we were like, ah, that's outside of that High Republic Rangers thing. This was the one that we were, it was probably second to bottom when it came to our excitement level. Yeah. Like, has that changed because you've seen some of this? Uh, I think it has a little bit, dude, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, 
the, the fact that I'm going to backtrack a little bit what you were saying about the character of Andor. Um, okay, yeah, I think in that interview that you, you just referenced, he did say that although it's called Andor, it's more about the revolution. You know, this is the start of the, uh, the, the early days of, um, of the rebellion, you know, and the build up to, to Rogue One and stuff. I think because of that, um, I, I think I'm now more looking forward to it. I think if it was just about him, like the, you know, like with the, with Mando, where the bulk of the episodes was literally just him on his own, uh, meeting the odd character and so on. If it was like that, but for Andor, then yeah, I'd probably be a bit like, uh, it's probably going to be okay. But the fact that, you know, sorry to, uh, to uh, Pad 88 and, you know, tap his dad, anyone else. Uh, I think because it's around an ensemble and does focus more about that build-up of the rebellion. Yeah, I think it has gone up, dude, for me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Same, man. I think with the cin- cinematography of it as well, I, I, um, I, I, I like that element of it. I like that dirtiness to how it feels. I think we don't see enough of that in Star Wars. I mean, you know, this is a war at the end of the day and I don't think it's often portrayed like that i think bad batch has done a little bit <clears throat> to help with that i think mando did to a degree i think solo's battle scenes did row one certainly did um so I'm, I'm looking forward to that element of it i'm also curious as well because because of the timing of this um and the fact that you had and have rebels in continuity which was very much about pulling the cells together you know you've got kenobi <clears throat> excuse me set around the same time you know give or take five years um bail organa i would be very surprised if he doesn't turn up. I'd sort of be surprised if we don't get a Hayden Christensen uh, Vader cameo. I'd be surprised if that if he wasn't just a looming threat. Just once for 10 seconds, I'd be surprised. Um, but I I think we'll maybe feel like the presence of Padme a little bit. You know, that kind of, God, we lost such a leader. You know, that because if it's Mon Mothma, if we do get a bit of Bail, I think that character out to offset what we saw with Anakin and Kenobi will be quite interesting. Um, you know, the other side of that loss. But I think what might be cool is because we've got the Rebels team out there and that in continuity and that Ahsoka's coming and that we've got Sabine Wren, we've got Harrison Duller coming down the wire. I'll be very surprised if we don't see cameos from some of those people or at least the mention of like a Sindler or a, a ship called the Ghost that's do- knocking. Just tiny little things to start to connect some of the series just with little references even further, which I think we've seen... Um, in the past and it feels like it's pretty rich for that without I think without suffering from the same problems as um Boba Fett which was let's get let's just get a mass of cameos into these few episodes like I think there's enough in there that you can say a little bit like Rogue One where you you know you heard General Sindulla to the base and on Yavin 4 you know that came over the radio and you saw the ghost at the end in, in the battle so I don't know I feel like the scope in there to please the fans like we like, but to tell something pretty fresh, which I don't know if any other property that they've had, except for Mando, has been able to do that because of the weight it's carried about, you know, Boba or Kenobi or whatever. So it's an interesting, now we're further into it. To me, it's quite an interesting um, opportunity, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. Yeah, I think it's fresh enough as a, um, as a character, as you know, in his own series. I think that'd be cool because it's not lightsabers and the force and everything. <clears throat> I think that's all fresh enough, excuse me, to uh, to hook some people in. But yeah, just referencing the wider galaxy and what's going on, which I think you're right. I think they'll do quite a bit of that without being too on the nose. Like, but he's like a big 10, 15 minute build up to a character coming along and having that big ass cameo and stuff. I don't think it needs that. 
I think this is subtle enough that, um, and the story is just about strong enough, I think, um, to carry it through. And then you just have all these reference points of everything in the periphery, what's going on uh, with other bits and pieces. So yeah, your mum, as you always reference as a as the yardstick, uh, would probably like it. And then for you know, uh, all, the, all the Star Wars fans would be like, ah, oh, he mentioned the ghost. Larry, yeah. you mentioned the ghost. Not interested, Deborah. Not interested. <laughs> Turn this shite off. Countdown's yeah. on. Countdown. <laughs> Bullseye on repeat. Give him a Vorderman. UK gold. Come on. Bullseye. Ah, oh, you lose to bloody love bull. And you can win this, sir. Uh, this fantastic tease made. And uh, <laughs> there's nothing in this game for two in a bed. Great stuff. Thanks, Jim. Love Same it. Same joke in it as last time. Yeah. Remember? Remember that one, Jim? Right laugh. <laughs> right laugh. Thanks to love bullseye. BFH. Oh, me too. Yeah. My little um, my little brother used to have a, a, a partner that looked like Bully in the face. <laughs> if you're listening, I'm not going to say which one, but... <laughs> yeah, probably don't say yeah. which one. He knows. He knows. He'll tell you. Always hey, anyway. Yep. Kathleen will be chuffed. For what? Because uh, Kenobi, John Boyega likes it. She's going to be absolutely chuffed with this one. He's only come out. So, you know, he's uh, been to a premiere. You know, Jordan Peele does some pretty sweet films. Got a new film out called Nope. Uh, I don't know. Nope. You know, he's uh, he's got a new film out. Anyway, Boyega showed up at the premiere, as you would do. Um, someone said to him, you've been watching? But you've been watching Star Wars, John? He says, yeah, of course I have. He says, what the... This is paraphrasing, of course. What the... Uh, <laughs> the new series? Is it? And then John went on to say, of course I've watched them! Exclamation mark. Oh, yeah, I watched them the first day they came out. He probably said it with a little bit more gumption. Um... But he said that in particular that he really liked the Obi-Wan Kenobi because it brought back Ewan and I think he says his boy Anakin. I think that's what he says. Uh, our, my guy Anakin. That is it. My guy Anakin back. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he enjoyed that. I think he's sort of articulated something that we used to like the new one to the character of Anakin and Vader was a lot more present in this. And I think Hayden Christensen had a, another swing at the character and was able to kind of, uh, what's the word, make amends, if you like. And uh, it, there's not really much of a story to this, but, you know, all I can say is I bet Calf's absolutely chuffed. John Boyega likes it. Well done. Yeah, it's a bit of validation now that old John Boy likes it. She'll not be quitting anymore, will she? Because, and I'll tell you what, dude, there's a, there was absolutely a turning point for John, wasn't there? Remember that, um, I think he did an interview with uh, the New Yorker or... Vanity, uh, I can't remember. Where basically, he said, "Look, I'm the token black guy for Star Wars in the sequels." And from that point on, Kath's like, "Yeah, you coming round for a cup of tea or not?" Before that point, she was like, "Who, John? What? Oh, him? Yeah, that dude that was in there, the guy that sweats all the time in the sequels." All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think now that he's he said that in this interview, she's like, "Oh, yes." Awesome. She's like, yes, come on. So uh, that was a bit cynical of me to say that. But also well, what's cynical is imagining the, the dudes from the rap missing on a great opportunity here because you would have absolutely said to him, John, John, how do you feel about the new Star Wars stuff that's infinitely better than all the stuff that you were in? 
and see what his answer would have been then. Might Stop being toxic. Different. Yeah. Stop being toxic. All right. But no, this is great, dude. This is great yeah. because all the crap that John Boyega put up with uh, for his involvement with Star Wars, I mm. do think he's still a fan. I genuinely think he still likes it all and is a big old fan. So the fact that he likes it, it's just another little another little validation check. Checkbox checked. Thank you. Check, check, check the corner. Hee <laughs> Michael Jackson. That <laughs> 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 from Bill Spector. I've been told to be take the cold air. Nice. I'm John here in New York City at the Central Park Zoo. I'm here to see some lemurs. You know, man, what about lemurs? <laughs> Press stroking, that's what I'm saying. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Oh man, I used to absolutely wet myself. It, it, Bo Selector would not fly oh, these God. days. Can you imagine? But Michael Jackson <laughs> was <clears throat> hilarious. He was oh, just off the rails. Funny. <laughs> Completely. That's probably the most random um, idea for a TV show that's ever been pitched. Yeah. It's like, so what's with the masks then? Okay, I can kind of see that, but the glasses? <laughs> All right, cool. Stick glasses on. Lastly, what's with the Yorkshire accent for most of the characters? Because yeah, that's just the ran- most random show, but hilariously funny in the most stupid, immature, silly way. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, it was. the Michael, Michael Jackson <laughs> was the standout by... by just, it just took every mythical, not even potentially real element of Michael Jackson and exploded it to like the 50th degree. Like every word was hee hee, come on. Yeah. Just, like in the fact that he just swore all the time, which was very un-Michael Jackson. Yeah, he never yeah. swore in his entire life, it feels like. But the then it like... Like... <laughs> then it like seeped into other things like The Office where he's like, sham on. You know what I mean? It's just Brent's like doing Bo Selector, doing Michael Jackson, not... Brent's not doing Michael Jackson. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Michael anyway. Jackson, and this is Brian. Oh, God, dude, I have to watch oh, that. Oh, And he used, to, yeah. he, used to, he, used to, he used to have his mobility scooter to get around. Shamon. <laughs> Shamon. I'm here blowing bubbles. Right, anyway, on that Jesus note. Jesus Christ, uh, dude. We should do a Bo Selector rewatch or something, but oh my word, that Probably was a show. Uh, right, we're going to do a little interlude to announce that Hasbro Pulse Con <laughs> is about to return for the uh, 30th and the 1st of October. So if you like your toys, that has been announced. We were going to report this as a news item, then read the news article, realised it wasn't really a news item, and decided to just throw it in as a mild interlude. This is not an advert. Um, it's just not quite enough for a news story but there is a link if you want to go and have a look stick it in your diary it's in the show notes and uh, to be fair we normally get some pretty cool announcements from this and um i'm on a toy and sort of figure buying embargo i've got to admit dude um mm. but this might change that <laughs> it does all someone else comes out you know go on then yeah sounds like for fuck's sake no you said you said that you were going to take a break from this. You're like, oh, yeah. That's Get them out of the kitchen. Well, I've got no room anywhere else. So they're going to have to go in the kitchen, aren't they? Sam will just see you running through the kitchen like hell for leather with a massive box straight upstairs. And she'll be like, where are you going with that? Nowhere. It's just nothing. Nowhere, Stay man. out of here. <laughs> I'm going to my bedroom. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. 
Like when FHM came when you were 13. Where are you going? Nowhere. Where are you going? Nowhere. Right. Going upstairs anyway, Mum. Be down in approximately 22 minutes. Yeah. And that's a 20 minute shower. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. It was like when you watched Terminator with your mum, you know, because Terminator was like one of those films where it was like, you know, your parents were like, oh, go on, then he's 14, 15, we shouldn't watch it. It's 18 and it's on ITV, so all the kids at school will be talking about it. I don't want it to be left out. Go on, you can watch it. Go on, you can watch it. Break at 10 o'clock for the news for half an hour. What the fuck is that all about? But go on, we'll stick it on at nine and we'll break for half an hour, right? Oh, this is badass. It's Terminator. At 14, this is amazing, brilliant. Not realising that you're watching it with your parents and right in the middle of it, there's a sex scene. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Awkward. What am I going to do? You're laying on your front. Pass me the touch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, <clears throat> I suppose if, like, if, I'd have been, if I'd have been my dad, I'd have fucked with me. I'd have been like, just at that part, I'd have been like, go make us a brew, son. <laughs> That's evil, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Because as a kid, absolutely. as a kid, you're like, yeah don't want to be watching this with my parents right now but at the same time i'm feeling it for obvious reasons <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's not the cyborg nor the cyborg <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, more. <laughs> i'm running a breast stroke oh my word yeah, well yeah, yeah that's hasbro pulse con <laughs> hasbro if you want to send us a little ad for you we'll uh we'll whack it in the mid-roll do a proper ad for you let us know We'll do it. Stick it in the midders. In the right. Mids, isn't it? Last story. Um, this is an interesting one, actually. Um, it's 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 off the back. So you know the uh, Princess and the Scoundrel book, which is on pre-order. I think we've both maybe got that one on pre-order. Mm-hmm. Um, it fixes, or sort of fixes, kind of, <clears throat> kind of fixes, um, a plot hole created in Return of the Jedi, by the prequel trilogy. So, the plot hole is thus. Luke and Leia, twins. Luke says, you're my sister, in Return of the Jedi. Leia goes, Bob on. And then they get get into it, you know. She says, I can sort of remember my mum, just light and all that sort of stuff, and, you know, feelings and whatever she says. And uh, then the prequels came out, uh, Padme died. Leia was like one minute old, had a bit more time with her than Luke. So everyone was like, well, how does she remember her? She's not a genius. Like kids can't remember that early. This book apparently tries to fix it by basically saying or implying that it's more like a force feeling. And then it goes on to insinuate that Luke had more of an affinity with his monstrous dad and forgave him him so much more than Leia did or could or would or should. Because he had more of a force affinity with Anakin. I mean, it's a stretch. But, <laughs> you know, the book I'm sure will be all right. It takes place just a few hours after Return of the Jedi, which I think is really quite interesting to explore that whole Darth Vader's who from Leia's perspective. And, you know, mm. war's sort of over, but not. And, you know, are we going to... Because Ben Solo gets conceived pretty quickly after that. It's probably, you know... Probably a celebratory little uh, Terminator scene there. And, you know, it's uh, it's all kicking off. So interesting time frame, but I mean, this is tenuous, man. Um, it's tenuous, isn't it? At best. Sort of doing its best. Yeah, it's thin. Isn't it? It's a bit thin, this one. 
I don't know how I feel about it either. Part of me is like, it's uh, okay. It's kind of, I mean, be wary, Star Wars listener, because uh, it's, a, it's a wee bit clickbaity because it's not really a, it's not really something that needs fixing anyway. I mean, it's one of those little niggly things that if you overthink it, it's like, oh, okay, I can see that. But no one's really ever lost sleep over this one. So it's not really a a big thing that's, uh, you know, a gaping chasm that's been needed to be filled in with, you know, a million tons of cement to fix this. But the other side of me is like, oh, do we need to... What What's this one thing that's like really malleable in terms of... Uh, sort of overall narrative that we can use to plug this gap how about this thing the force that works in mysterious ways it's like oh come on you can't just use that for everything it's like a massive it almost becomes a huge crutch for various storytelling mechanisms and i don't know it's just if you're going to try and fix something then you know then fix it it's all good but this is i guess it's just lazy storytelling to me dude so that's half of me thinking that the other half is Okay, that's not too bad, but I never lost sleep over it, so whatevs. Yeah, I get that, man, the same. And it's um, it's like, it's just a mild retcon, isn't it? But you're right, it is a bit clickbaity because it's like, here's a big revelation. It's not really, it's just, yeah, it's more of a feeling, isn't it? I, it's, it's fascinating to me as well because it's, um, <clears throat> you know, there are bigger potholes to fix, one would assume. Um <laughs> As always, there's always as a plot hole to fix. Star Wars, according to those toxic fans, <laughs> resign Kathleen. Uh, that's what they'd say. That's them saying it. Um, so it's yeah. I'm intrigued by this book. I've been in, I've been enjoying some of the books, you know, and and, and the, especially the more character oriented ones, which I get a feeling this will be, and I think we'll get a bit more of Luke in it as well, seeing how he sort of handles this. Or what have I just done with my dad? Um, so it's yeah. It is. It's sort of for the sake of it, isn't it? And I imagine people kicking off at this. I do imagine some of the toxic ones kicking off at this a bit and being, mm. a bit, oh, you know, why do we need that? And I, t- I do totally get that. Um, and I ju- But I just think the more that you flesh out the characters, the more sort of paths you can, the more stories you can tell based on some of that stuff. Um, so it, whilst this is probably the least interesting part of the book, it's um, I think they, they clearly released this excerpt because it's the thing that's going to get the most headlines, isn't it? Of course, you know, the, well, it has. It's generated the prequel plot hole headlines, which is, uh, they're always good for clicks. So we'll see what it's like, man. It looks interesting. But have you got this one on pre-order? I, I, I can't remember. I yeah. assumed you had. Yeah, dude. Yes. It's, it's, um, this, this is a similar thing that happened with, you know, when they announced all of the upcoming TV shows, mm-hmm. there was a similar episode that we covered where they announced like six or seven new books. And we did a similar thing where, oh, that one looks cool, that one not so much. But I think this one does look cool. Yeah. Like you said, a bit more character, uh, some some context around character building in that, in that time frame just after Jedi, which is cool. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, looking forward to this one. Need to finish yeah. Brotherhood first. I'm almost done with it. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, if you're like me, you'll have been enjoying that. I know we're going to talk about that in a bit more depth later. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the, the Han and Leia stuff. I, I can't remember mm. the book. There was one of the books. It might have been was it one of the Aftermath ones or maybe not. One of the other ones was like Ben Solo, very young, like two years old, and showed some of that relationship between Han and, um, and Leia and explored that. So I am quite interested in that. 
and and I think we'll we'll get a little bit of Luke as well. So we see, we'll see. I think that comes out. Is it August sixteenth when that comes out? Um, yeah. Lots of books coming out, which is good. Oh man! Wink, it, wink. Don't you think it feels? Don't you think it feels like um, every time you finish a book in Star Wars, literally, you get to like ten pages from the end, another one lands on your doorstep that you pre-ordered six months. It's like they, I swear, they plan it like that. Sometimes it's like I can't do it. I'm taking some time off Delray and Star Wars because yeah. you've crippled me, man. It's like, and the thing is, you almost oh, is this the right word? I don't know the word for it, but you you start reading something else, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, Star Wars. I'm really sorry, man, but I, I need to read some other stuff as well. And it's on the shelf, like you bastard, you bastard. Pick me up now because Mark's going to kick your ass later. He's going to be like, guys, you read this. I'd be like, no, that'll be it. Get it. Game over. Get it now. Do yep. it. It's a struggle, man. You've got to make the time. It's an investment in time to keep up with Star Wars. Yeah, Definitely. it is. I'm fortunate because that is the, like it turns my brain off on a night and I can't read like worky books or business books or any of that bullshit guru book stuff. You know, I, I just cannot do any of that. What's the difference? Um, what's the difference? I just want to know how come you know so much about elves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how long are you going to so, mate? <laughs> it's called an education um so i'm just um yeah I, i'm sort of it's it's interesting for me because i it's the only thing so i just i sort of it's like my routine to just have four or five pages of that on a night before bed because it, it does it does turn me off but if 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 that's not your habit it would be a nightmare to keep up like you never find the time to do it dude um so i get that I hear you. I hear you. Um, but we'll, we'll see what that book's like. All right, let's stick a pin in it. We've gone on for nearly an hour, which is amazing. It feels like when I first looked at this, I was like, oh, there's not many news stories here, but we've rattled on for an hour, haven't we? Uh, talking stuff. So this has been episode 164 of Spark of Rebellion. see you next week we're back for 165 with some more news maybe some announcements maybe some toy news maybe some movie news and maybe some more on toxic fandom we simply do not know what is going to happen in the world of star wars over the upcoming week but thank you for joining us it's a pleasure to both be back during this holiday season we hope you enjoyed it and if you have if you haven't if you are a toxic fan and you want to give us some stick hit us up sparkrebellion.com slash twitter go on give us your worst you bugalugs let's see where we go with that one that could be a bit of bants couldn't it and until next week, it's been a pleasure, guys. Good to be back, my man. Thank you for uh, thank you for the chat and the bants, dude, as always. Indeedy, bud. It's good to be back in the Falcon, covering all the news for our Star Wars listeners. It's all great. And our patrons, we love you. We know you. You know that. You know we love you. Thank you very much for your continued support. And hit us up on the Twitter and the Instagram, as Mark said. Give us some stick. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of Star Wars or this podcast, whatever. Actually, if you want to leave us a review, if you like this podcast, do it on something like uh, Podchaser or Stitcher or Apple Apple Podcasts. Go and leave a review. Let us know. It's all good. Uh, until next week, then, for episode 165, take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always. 